1: Welcome to a Victory Monday here on the Valentine's Views Podcast, part of Big Blue View Radio, as we discuss the New York Giants 24-3 victory on Sunday over the Washington Redskins, a victory that got the Giants to 2-2 on the season, first time since 2016 that the Giants have reached the 500 mark. Giants have a couple of critical games coming up against difficult opponents. On Sunday, they will host the Minnesota Vikings. And then a few days later, they will play on Thursday night football against the New England Patriots. We'll know an awful lot more about the Giants and their hopes for 2019 after those two games. For now, though, Let's just talk about and feel good about a second straight victory for the Giants. I think we saw on Sunday a a good game in the development of Daniel Jones. Was a game where he made a couple of mistakes, threw a couple of interceptions, but came back from those, was able to lead the Giants to a victory. We saw the beginning of the. Daniel Jones versus Dwayne Haskins sort of era of football between the Giants and Redskins and I think that what we saw is that at this point in his career at this point Daniel Jones is a more developed more polished more NFL ready quarterback than Dwayne Haskins. Doesn't mean that in the end, Haskins won't be a really good player. Just means that right now, I think that you see a difference between the two young quarterbacks. You see that Daniel Jones is far more ready uh, to lead an NFL team right now than Dwayne Haskins appears to be. Feel really, really good for Wayne Gallman with 118 yards of total offense on Sunday. Filling in for Saquon Barkley. Gallman, of course, in his third year hasn't had many opportunities since the Giants drafted Barkley, but showed on Sunday that he is a pretty good or can be a pretty good NFL player. And the Giants, of course, showed that they can run the football and can have an effective offense while Barkley recovers from his high ankle sprain. Also worth noting, the Giants had four interceptions two by Janoris Jenkins, one by Ryan Connolly, a pick six from Jabril Peppers. Have to mention that we feel awful for Ryan Connolly, rookie linebacker, who was carted off the field with a knee injury. As I record this, we don't yet have word on the severity of Connolly's injury, but it does appear to be a torn ACL. Which would, of course, end his rookie season, which is a a, a sad development for Connolly and a difficult blow for a developing Giants defense on which Connolly was becoming a key player. All right, Giants fans. Rather than have you simply listen to me chat about the uh, about the Giants' victory, let's bring in Patricia Trina and talk to Patty about the uh, about the victory and about where the Giants stand so far after four games. What you'll hear next is an interview that I recorded with Patty, so uh, let's get right to that. All right, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Patricia Traina of the Maven and Locked On Giants as we continue to to talk about Sunday's victory over the Washington Redskins. Patty Two and two. What is this nonsense?
0: I I don't know, Ed. I mean, I, I, this is foreign to me. I, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, wow, this is the first time since 2016 the Giants have gotten off to a two and two start. And it feels good. It feels good to talk about wins after writing, you know, loss after loss after loss. I mean, I, hey, I'll take it.
1: Oh without a doubt, Patty. And it's interesting when you talk about the Giants being two and two being at the 500 mark for the first time since that 11 and 5 2016 season. I think that when we all looked at the schedule, when we looked at the first quarter of the season, I think we would have taken two and two. We would have looked at it and said if they get to two and two a quarter of the way through the season, They'll have to, you know, they'll have to feel good about it, and really, considering the zero to two start, considering the change to Daniel Jones, considering the way that this two and two has happened, I think that the Giants should feel really, really good about the direction of their team.
0: Yeah, you know, Ed, we we've spoken about this before on our respective podcasts. The Giants didn't get bad overnight. It took several years and several missteps. And just as we need to remember that that didn't happen overnight, getting good is not going to be an overnight process. It's going to take incremental improvements. It's going to take the right decisions. You know, I know a lot of people at the start of the, the, the season were questioning some of the decisions made by general manager Dave Gettleman. Um, it's still early you know but right now based on on two weeks actually based on what we've seen from the start of the season because you've got to look at the the progress made um they're headed in the right direction now will they be a playoff team this year that's still to be determined but the next two weeks i know are going to probably tell us a lot about where this team stands and how much more work they need to do
1: you sort of uh, you sort of stole where I was going to go with my next question Patty and we were going to I was going to ask you about the next 2 weeks. It is, you know, a situation where it's easy to overreact to one win. It's easy to overreact after a big victory like the Giants got, you know, against Washington. We will learn an awful lot about the 2019 team. In the next two weeks, against Minnesota, and then against New England, but I do think that what you're seeing are signs that the foundation that the Giants are trying to lay with the quarterback, with Saquon Barkley, with so many young defenders, with you know even with uh, even with Darius Slayton, you know with with the with the rebuilt offensive line, you're beginning to see signs that that the foundation that they're trying to put in place is a good one.
0: Yeah, and and you know that's what you need before you can build, you know, d- just to use the house analogy, you have to lay the foundation before you can build the structure. And that's what Gettleman, and that's what uh, Head Coach Pat Shermer concentrated on. They they rebuilt that locker room. You know, people I know scoff and they giggle at at the concept of culture, but it really does pay. You know, it, it it's important because when you, adversity hits, you need the 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 mental strength to say, okay, you know what? We're gonna band together. We're gonna get tighter, and we're gonna overcome this. As opposed to guys who maybe just say ah, you know, here we go again. I'm just going to collect my paycheck and go home at the end of the year. And that's been an underrated but yet significant difference in this team.
1: Patty, talking about adversity, I think we have to talk about Daniel Jones just a little bit. And one of the things that that Dave Gettleman had said in the offseason was that he wanted a quarterback when he drafted one. He wanted to find a guy who he knew could handle adversity, who had faced adversity—you know, a guy who everything hadn't come easy to you know throughout his career—and and Daniel Jones, having played at Duke, having always sort of, sort of played uphill against teams that that were more talented than, than the one he was quarterbacking, you know, fit that description. And I think that yesterday for me was incredibly impressive with Jones because we saw him make a couple of bad mistakes. We saw him throw bad interceptions on back to back possessions in the second quarter. And then we saw him, you know, return to the field like nothing had ever happened and just go back to playing and making plays and using his legs. And. And throwing good balls and and leading the Giants to a victory. You know, for me, I thought it was just, uh, you know, interceptions included. You know, I thought it was a, a really impressive performance from Jones.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, at times you forgot that he was a rookie. He looked so poised. And, you know, it's interesting. I know a lot of people, before, you know, when the draft was going on, a lot of people wanted Dwayne Haskins. And you kind of see the difference. You know, that both guys have been there Um the same amount of times as far as their NFL careers are going. But Daniel Jones at this point just looks so much more advanced than where Dwayne Haskins is. And that's not to say that Haskins won't be a good quarterback down the line. It's just that, you know, the Washington has kind of taken, I guess, a different approach with his development, whereas the Giants seem to have expedited Jones's development to get him in there. And, you know, just really, really good job. If you go back and you look at the steps Pat Shermer has taken to get this kid ready. You could tell, you know, they, they kept saying, look, we have a plan. It's going to reveal itself and you can start to see what that plan is.
1: Patty, you mentioned Pat Shermer and I have to ask you about this. The fourth and two play and the first drive yesterday, I looked at that play and I think I turned to you in the press box and I said, you know, I said, if If Eli Manning had been the quarterback in that situation i I think Shermer just would have kicked the field goal right there instead he went for it, and the Giants ended up making that first down and 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 continuing the drive and getting a touchdown. Does it feel or look to you? like Pat Shermer is calling a somewhat different game with Daniel Jones at quarterback that maybe he's, he's more aggressive. He's more open, maybe a little bit freer in his play calling.
0: You know, that's interesting because I had asked that of Shermer a couple weeks ago because I thought that was the case. And Shermer kind of just said, well, you know, I've always been aggressive in the right spots, but to me, and I'd have to go back and, you know, really look look at the the game books and and the film in in a little bit more detail in that respect but to me it does feel like they are more aggressive because look with daniel jones what he gives them is they is he gives them another running option which they did not have with eli manning so now it's like okay it's fourth and two is jones gonna keep it is he going to hand it off to a running back? Is he going to throw it? There's a third option now that defenses have to worry about. And that's something they didn't have. You know, when you have, when you can guess 50-50, and when you can guess on a situation, you have a 50-50 chance of getting it right. You're going to, you know, chances are you're going to get it right. But when you now have a third option, you have to consider. Now your odds of getting it right go down a little bit. And I think that's, Uh, you know, uh, odds that Shermer likes and and he's shown that tendency to gamble and, and, and take those chances. And so far that, you know, most of them have paid off for him.
1: Patty, let me, uh, let's take a quick break here for a word from our sponsors. Then I want to come back and and ask you about a couple of uh, players in particular. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, All right, Giants fans, Ed Valentine back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and we're talking to Patricia Traina as we break down the Giants' victory over the Washington Redskins. Patty, two two players I have to ask you about, one good and, and one sort of unfortunate. Just your thoughts on Wayne Gallman after Sunday?
0: You know, I've always been a fan of Wayne Gallman's running style. Uh, You know, but with that said, I'm not, you know, nobody's going to mix him up, I think, with with Saquon Barkley, who was his own unique running style and and just a generational talent. But with that said, I've always thought Wayne Gallman could be a good sidekick in a running game. And I was glad to see that he made the roster coming out of camp. Um, I had hoped maybe he'd get a few more touches. I know that's hard when you have a Saquon Barkley in front of you. But, you know, Gallman, I thought, earned every single yard of his 63 yards that he rushed for. He had some good, solid runs. He had um, he did a good job with pass pro. He had, um, I want to say, what was it? Six catches for 55 yards. Had a touchdown rushing, a touchdown receiving. Good start for Wayne Gallman. Um, again, people who are looking for the Saquon Barkley-like type plays, you're probably not going to see them, but... You know, like we were talking about earlier, Ed. You don't need to necessarily have that all the time in order to win games. And Gallman did his part, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next week.
1: And the other guy that we have to talk about is linebacker Ryan Connolly. And Patty, I feel awful for the kid after uh, after watching him come off the field, uh, you know, be on a cart on Sunday. Just, you know, how awful do you feel for for Ryan Connolly at this point?
0: I hate injuries so much. I mean, it doesn't matter who they strike. Injuries in the NFL or any sports, just it's terrible. I mean, and to see it happen to a young man who was just now starting to hit his stride. You know, he he was making a strong case to remain in the starting lineup. He was calling the plays. I mean, look, we were getting a glimpse of the future without Alec Oldtree, you know, and and I was liking what we were seeing. And for this injury to happen, especially these non-contact injuries, they are just the absolute worst. And you really feel bad for Ryan Connolly. This is a kid who was, I think, a fifth-round pick, has proven to be a steal for the Giants. And and now, you know, you hope that, that the MRI – which right now, as we record this, we don't know the results of, but you hope that the MRI reveals that it's just a sprain. But everybody, of course, is unfortunately bracing for the fact that it is a torn ACL. And, you know, all the best to that kid, because like I said, he's a hard worker. He was starting to, to really hit his stride. And you just hope he bounces back stronger and quicker than ever.
1: Patty, last question for you. Through three games, the Giants were giving up 31.3 points per game, I think, which was 30th or 31st in the league, something like that. The defense wasn't good. They gave up three points on Sunday. They created four turnovers. They had, I think, three sacks. Was the Giants' defense that good on Sunday, or are the Redskins' just that bad and we really shouldn't read anything into it
0: look you know I've always believed that both sides get paid to play the game and you know people will say well they were missing McLaurin their best receiver they were missing you know three-fifths of their starting offensive line and you know I'm including Trent Williams who is holding out they, you know, they they are unsettled at quarterback. You know, Case Keenum hasn't been very good. Dwayne Haskins, like I said, is a rookie. You know, you can make whatever excuses you want. But at the end of the day, those guys are getting a paycheck. They're coming out and they have to play the game. So with that said, I think the Giants uh, deployed a few tweaks, as Pat Shermer said, to the defense in order to tighten up some of the issues that they had because, Look, they couldn't keep going down the path they were. And I think last week, the first half of the game plan against the Bucks was just really, you know, it, it wasn't very uh, solid, that game plan. And they, they changed it. Um, they played better in the second half. And they continued it onward. And this goes back to what I was saying about banding together in the face of adversity. The Giants defense, you know, they, they could have packed it up and gone home and said, you know what, the heck with it. We'll just collect the paycheck. But they, they worked at it. They came out. They they listened to, to and heard Pat Shermer's challenge to play like they did at the end, the second half of last week's game. And the results were better.
1: All right, Patty, thank you very much. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please uh, continue to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check out the, uh, the Chris and Joe show. Those two guys are doing a fantastic job giving you content a couple days a week. We thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.